Hey everyone, it is another day of God's grace and you have found Alter Echo and that makes me very happy. This is Pastor Andy Smith, St. John's Lutheran Church, ELCA, Lakeville, Minnesota. Let's come into the presence of God together and join our faith. Well, hello everyone. We are deep into summer now with just a couple of weeks to go and everything ahead of us that happens after Labor Day weekend. Kids are back at school in many places. Sports are are happening all over. There are college kids out on the roads heading to their new chapter of life or continuing their college career. And then we find ourselves just in a tumultuous world right now. If you're feeling overwhelmed, I want to tell you that you're not alone. I think if we watch the news, if we pay attention to life, if we don't put our heads in the sand, there's no way that you can't not sense the gravity of things right now with the, with the rise of COVID again and cases marching upward in, in numbers of, of uh, cases, people who are uh, pushing back on getting vaccines. And it's so hard to understand because it's the only way we're going to beat this uh, pandemic and this particular virus. And numbers of deaths continuing to skyrocket and crazy things happening in states where where vaccinations and, and masks are discouraged. And we know that this is the only way that people can stay safe and healthy. So I hope you are doing your part and that that will help tamp down some of the turmoil you might be feeling. Let's keep working on our friends and family members who aren't getting vaccinated. And then the Afghanistan crisis is upon us, and we know and, 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 and have realized by now that it's so much more complicated than meets the eye, as is always the case. And so I just hope you will pray for the leaders in our world to continue to work together to continue to bring people home to safety, to continue to push back uh, against uh, violence and aggression, which is part of our theme today in this last uh, week of the series in Revelation as well, and to continue to be the church offering faith, hope, and love. It's our mission, everybody, and that is what you'll hear more about today as well. So let's come at the last two chapters of Revelation, chapters 21 and 22. We will come with faith, we will come with great anticipation, and we will also come with a real uh, excitement that God is at work and that when we put our faith in God, we see it and we also live it out from within ourselves. This is Revelation 21 verses 1 to 5 and then 22 verses 1 through 6. In 21, the writer John says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, for the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. And I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, See, the home of God is among mortals. He will dwell with them. He will be his peoples. They will be his peoples. And God himself will be with them. And he will wipe every tear from their eyes. Death will be no more. Mourning and crying and pain will be no more. For the first things have passed away. And the one who was seated on the throne said, See, I am making all things new. 
Also, he said, write this, for these words are trustworthy and true. Then he said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water as a gift from the spring of the water of life. And then moving on to chapter 22 at verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city. On either side of the river is the tree of life, with its twelve kinds of fruit producing its fruit each month. And the leaves of the tree are for the healing of the nations. Nothing accursed there will be found any more, but the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it, and his servants will worship him. They will see his face, and his name will be on their foreheads, and there will be no more night. They need no light of lamp or sun, for the Lord God will be their light, and they will reign forever and ever. Dear friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, as I said, this is it. This is the last of five weeks in the book of Revelation. I know many of you, in fact, I think this probably is the case almost universally, unless you've really studied Revelation. I know many of you have come to Revelation with trepidation, fear and trepidation. Perhaps you did read those Left Behind series books. And I will just tell you that I would encourage you to set aside those books and not go back to them and certainly not consider them some kind of an extension of the book of Revelation. They are not even close to what this book is about. So if you did read them, don't feel like it's lost time. Feel like it's an eye-opener now to the contrast of what Revelation really is. And you'll come at this with a real uh, searching in your heart. I hope you found this series to be helpful. More than anything, I hope you found it to be perspective changing. Here's what happened. We started with letters from this God, this writer, John, to seven specific church congregations, just like ours here at St. John's or yours, wherever you belong. But they were letters that were really uh, more than encouragement for those congregations. They were a swift kick in the seat of the pants, like my dad used to kind of threaten us kids, kids with when we were little and getting in trouble. I'll give you a swift kick in the seat of the pants. I don't know that we ever got one, but that's what these letters were. They were encouragement and, 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 and really an assertive way of telling these churches that they needed to stand up to the evils of the world because the gospel has a bite to it. And if it doesn't, then the gospel is only milk toast for us and the church really doesn't have anything. But the gospel has a bite and part of the bite is to stand up against sin, to stand up against evil, and to call for transformation. So even for us as church members, not just individuals, but we have to have as a big part of our identity that we're part of a larger group than just us ourselves as individuals. If we don't name and stand up to the evils of the empires of life that want to grind us down, look at it that way. Look at the way that evil wants to just keep coming at us relentlessly. There's a lot of it to go around right now, by the way. 
Not every day and every age is the same. But the evils of the empires, the controllers, the powers that be that want to grind us down and control us until we just are done. That's what Revelation is calling Christians to stand up against. Because if we don't do that, then guess what? Jesus died for nothing. Jesus was crucified at the hands of a world that would not allow God's reign, God's kingdom of love, to come on earth as it is in heaven, as Jesus told us to pray. Hmm. So he told his people to pray for God's kingdom of love, of renewal, of peace, of oneness, to come on earth as it is in heaven. And part of that prayer means we stand up against the evils of the empires of this world that don't ever want to allow that kingdom of God's to come on earth as it is in heaven. If we don't stand up for this, for God's reign of love to be most important in life, no, in no uncertain terms, that we would know that God's reign of love is the number one priority of our lives, then we're not the church. If we don't stand up for that, then we're not the church. So, everyone, this is what the book of Revelation is about. It's about the beasts and the dragons and the monsters of this life that we have to battle with faith, with hope, with love, and with the certainty of God's presence with us as we do that. God, in the, in, the, uh, in the yoke, like in Matthew, sharing our burdens and being right there with us, battling back against what burdens us in this life and grinds us down and makes us want to lose hope and give in. So today's images, here they are, the last ones in the book of Revelation are of God's kingdom. They're of God's will and God's reign as the King of kings and the Lord of lords for us. You heard them. No more crying. No more tears. No more pain. Heaven has come here to earth. You're in the holy city and it's beyond imagination, beyond beautiful. So are these images just of heaven? Well, they are of heaven. They are of wherever God is present, but they are also of the type of world that we are called to help create here ourselves too. And once again, this has to be seen as a, in no uncertain terms, kind of an equation. God makes clear what God wants for the world, not just for heaven, but for the world now. And God makes clear that the people of God are called to stand up and to work for his kind of world and not to give in. So here's just a couple of things. In this passage in chapter 21, heaven comes to earth. So I want you to think about that and imagine what our predilections are about heaven, that we would go somewhere. You know, we've even pointed to the sky and thought for many years of our lives that heaven is out somewhere else. But no, the Bible tells us that heaven comes down to earth, that this is God's plan, that God dwells with God's people. And that even in this passage, if you turn to chapter 22, there are gates, of course, around this great 
beautiful city made of every kind of luxurious element that the earth provides. There are gates, and of course the gates are made of pearl, but there are 12 of them. And they're around every corner of the great city that God brings to earth, the kingdom. And there is no St. Peter, though, at one of the gates kind of checking people in and then unlocking the door to let them in <laughs> or sending them the other direction. So think of all the jokes and the stories and the images we've had in our mind of somehow St. Peter getting involved in this whole uh, heaven uh, letting in thing and realizing that there's nowhere in the Bible that that's the case. The gates in, in heaven, in God's kingdom, are wide open, every single last one of them. It does remind me, though, of the great joke. It might be my favorite St. Peter at the Pearly Gates joke. It's of Sven and Oli, and they have both died, so here they are. They're up in heaven. You can just see it on the clouds. And again, this isn't. this is exactly opposite of what Revelation says, but there they are waiting in line. And they, as they get closer to St. Peter, they are realizing that St. Peter is giving everybody a spelling test. And the bottom line is that if you pass the test, you get into heaven. And if you don't, <laughs> you don't. So they are really listening. Sven's in front of Oli, and they are getting closer and closer. And they're hearing people get words like cow and truck and house and swim, and they think they've got it. And Sven gets up to St. Peter, and he gets the word city, and he spells it C-I-T-Y, proud as a peacock, and St. Peter says, Sven, welcome to heaven. Then Oli comes up next, and what word does St. Peter give to Oli? <laughs> Czechoslovakia. <laughs> oh... There's not going to be anything like that, according to Revelation. The promise is that the gates are always open, 24-7. Twelve gates signifying every place that is uh, possible to enter, and people are welcome. So here's what I'm going to do on Sunday. I'm going to give everybody a post-it note. And at the beginning of church, I'm going to ask them just to write down what they think is the most beautiful place they've ever been. And now I want you to think about that as well. Because the most beautiful place that we can ever imagine is mapped out in Revelation 21 and 22. So if you were to say what the most beautiful place you've ever been to is, what, what would it be? Would it be a, a geographical point, some place, maybe, you know, uh, a lake in Switzerland if you've traveled abroad, or a fjord in Norway, or a lake in northern Minnesota, or the Grand Canyon? What would it, what would it be? What I would ask, and what I'll ask on Sunday is, when you really think about that deeply, how does it make you feel? And I know that your answer is going to be, I... I feel as good as I've ever felt. The most beautiful place I've ever been brings back memories of a trip there and the people that I was with who I loved the most and looking at something that I could scarcely imagine dreaming up in my mind. It was better than I had ever pictured in my head. And we, we had dinner at the edge of the Grand Canyon and we had a, we had a glass of wine that was the best I've ever had. And we just had so much fun. There was so much laughter. 
We loved each other. The whole family was together. You know, you can just picture this. And what I want to ask you today is, can you imagine the purpose of these last two chapters of the Bible being that? And actually being even more than that. That the best thing you can imagine that God has, has, has painted for you has described for you this, this heaven that comes down to earth that also is real now in our imaginations, that the Holy Spirit has inspired us. That's what the word inspired means, by the way, inspirited. That the Holy Spirit has inspired us with so much anticipation and beauty and the imagination of relationships with God or with other people, people we've longed for and lost a long time ago. Or the imagination that even the mourning and the crying and the pain that was part of maybe some of the harder relationships that we had in our lives is going to be no more. And we'll be back together again. There won't be any more enemies. There won't be any more dragons. There won't be any more beasts. Is what God places in us right now and wants us to work for in this world too. That for the sake of the people around us, the world around us, we will do everything in our power as Christians, as people of faith, to bring about peace and love and hope and forgiveness. And that's what the church is meant to do and be. The church is meant to stand up against all of the things that want to grind us down and want to drown out the good. And we won't let that happen. We won't let that happen. Jesus has died for this and has freed us to be as energized and as hope-filled and as faith-filled and then as much as we can, feet on the ground to try to bring these sorts of things about, God's sorts of things, God's reign in this world as much as we can. So that when we live into heaven, when we get there, when it gets to us actually, right? We will see it and it'll be even better than anything we can ever imagine. Dear friends, that's the end of the Bible. That's the end of the Bible. And as one fellow said who hadn't read the whole Bible before, but when asked, have you, re have you read the Bible? He said, not yet, but I looked at the end, he said, and we win. Hmm. There it is. God's love to all of you and my love to all of you as well as we live in the law of love, in the kingdom of God, and do what we can to make love and peace and unity and forgiveness and hope real for everybody around us. God's love to you. Amen. And now God's word is alive in us again anew. And we get the blessing of being called to let it echo through us out into the world in which we live. Everyone, if you wish to give your offering now to support things like this podcast and the work and ministry of St. John's Church in Lakeville, Minnesota, I invite you to do that. Please go to our website at sjlcl.org. I'll repeat it, sjlcl.org. And up in the right-hand corner, you'll see a little button named Donate. 
hit that button and you can give your offering to God and for the work of God in the world through this church in Lakeville, Minnesota. Thank you in advance for the gifts and the offerings that you give. And now as we go on our way, we are sent with the blessing of peace, the benediction. Dear friends, may the road rise to meet you. May the wind be always at your back. May the sun shine warm upon your face and the rains fall soft upon your fields. And until we meet again, till we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. God loves you, everyone. God be with you until next week.